Hello, hello. Gary is today's guest on the podcast, and we finally get to do that content creation podcast episode that he and I had been talking about doing for a couple of years. Uh, Mr. Cantrell is doing a number of, uh, of different things now and is focusing on the type of content that he really enjoys making. Uh, we jump pretty deep into YouTube. We talk about podcasting. Uh, he actually is starting a podcast series over on the Gary Cantrell podcast. It's called How to Start a Podcast. First episode is out now. So um, his podcast is linked up in the show notes, his podcast page. So if you go over there, the most recent episode that you're going to hear uh, is is the first from the How to Start a Podcast series. So we get into that. We also talk about uh, how to pace yourself as a content creator and then how to, to really uh, set up a plan to be consistent, and uh, this, you know, th- these are things that after we dive into the content uh, and how the how tos, these are the things that you're really going to need to remember because it really is it's it's about pacing yourself and making sure that you don't burn out, which are two uh, really really important things because those are things that uh, a lot of content creators don't talk about, but they are certainly things uh, that they deal with. So uh, we're we're really excited for you guys to hear this. This was a great chat. Uh, it was good for us to uh, finally have a chance to sit down and catch up. And without further ado. Here's Gary. Go. So uh, this is a uh, this is a bit of a catch up call, isn't it, man? Oh man, it's been what? You, I'm sure you have the date. Did you have? Well, I, I don't have the exact date on me, but I know it was last spring. We uh, we did a a, a catch up, and I'm I'm excited now because we're finally going to get to do that content podcast that we talked about because um, you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, yeah. But a lot of it is centered around. YouTube content and really diving deep into that. And then uh, some new things with the podcast. So um, this will be, uh, this, this will be good. So now a hundred videos in 2021. <laughs> yes. What's uh, what's the story behind that? Well, I, I think Daryl, you would know better than anyone. You're a coach and you know that repetition leads to some skills. And when yes. you do something enough, something that you really want to try to, you know, get better at, then as you go along, you're able to uh, start to get better. You, you, you might become a better filmer, a better storyteller. You might learn how to edit your videos a little bit better. Now, I think that if I'm being fair with, with my opinion of myself, and I know we tend to beat up on ourselves all the time, I think that my uh, competency when it comes to editing is, is, is decent. It's okay. It's not amazing. It's not, piss poor um and then when you come to the video you know filming i can i can film something sometimes i forget to plug in a microphone like i did on one of my videos about a week or two ago and it didn't sound as great as i wanted it to and then you you also learn about the storytelling um so uh, 100 videos in 2021 it's kind of like that challenge i did on igtv last year but much more amplified i mean far more uh amplified to where it's like, you know, I don't have to do one every single day, but the goal is to try to do them frequently throughout the months of this year. And I think as I go along, I'm going to get better and better. And to kind of recap, the the IGTV challenge that you did was basically, it, it was for you, but you were trying to get other people comfortable with making videos. So it was basically upload something, anything to IGTV. Um, and again, it, it is about repetition. Now with what you're doing and what how you set this up being a filmer, an editor and all this, this is a little bit more than just record and upload. I mean, this is you doing the full cut, the full edit um, and, and, and getting some things out. So yeah, I, I think when you're looking at maybe one to two videos a week, that's, that's more reasonable, but it's still a, a challenge even for something that you've been practicing for a number of years. So definitely. And just to clarify, I think I said this in that podcast or video, the Gary and Larry's edible adventures does count towards that. So okay. obviously in my own mind, because I, I I'm that big goal taker, I, I want to like try to do a hundred of just me and yeah. then whatever Gary and Larry does, it's going to be at least probably 50 this year for sure. But um, I would like to try to do a hundred of my own, but if I don't, that's okay. Because I know I have at least 50 that will be accounted for on the other channel. But I think, you know, the interesting thing about the hundred videos in 2021 is that like, when I look at my personal YouTube channel, uh, which we, I remember we talked on a podcast about back in like the summer of 2018, I think I hadn't even broken 200 subs yet. And today we're at 314. And that really blows my mind because I haven't really done a lot with that channel up until, you know, very recently. 
Mm-hmm. And that place is kind of like a hodgepodge of, of just random stuff, throw it at the wall, see what sticks. Whereas the food channel is kind of much more concentrated, much more niche down. Uh, and IGTV, this is what I, I, I want to share this with, with your audience. Cause I know a lot of people active on Instagram. Yep. There is this narrative going around that IGTV is dead. And I want to just shut that down right now yep. if I can. Yep. Because I don't think it is, Daryl. I, I think, honestly, there is a lot of life in there. And I think that if you use it correctly, um, that you can you can get people to check out these videos. I mean, I, I got a couple that have, that have hit some some decent amount of views. And I, I don't look at that and, and say this, this platform is dead. I think maybe there's just people that aren't using it right. Like for me, you know, a lot of people say on YouTube that maybe vlogs are not so good anymore. You want if you want to if you want to break out on YouTube, you gotta you gotta niche down. So, for example, on YouTube, maybe some more tech related stuff that I've been doing. I've seen some people interacting with that. Mm-hmm. But on IGTV, I've been doing more vlog content, yeah. and it's seeming to get some viewership. So I don't think that that platform is necessarily dead yet. I don't know if you've heard that narrative, but I've been hearing it in some of the circles I've been running in, and it's driving me nuts. Yeah, it, well, and it's kind of the popular narrative with with Instagram in general, which is that they've thrown so many features at it that yeah. it's overwhelming. And yes, there is definitely some truth to that. But I think where, and it makes sense that blogging would work on Instagram because what are people there for? You know, the the weight loss community that you and I were, were a huge part of, it's people t- doing storytelling. It's people just sharing their day and what they're doing. And what better way to break up the, the pictures, the reels, and the one-minute videos with these vertical, long-form videos. And, and again, it's, I mean, you can, you can put a little bit of production behind them. Uh, they, they, they can stand out, or you can also still kind of do the raw record and upload, and it, it still works. Now, it comes back to what it's always been, which is for the creator, you and I are definitely on the same page where it is quality of of the people consuming versus the quantity um and then for those that are that are um consuming it's similar because they've got so much quantity that if you have a quality story and you have some editing skills on top of it um that plays so yeah i'm, I'm with you i don't think the platform's dead i think you get i mean and, and we've we've done this you you and i have done this stuff for long enough to realize that you know once people can't hit on a certain platform or if they have an audience and then it kind of goes away, they're always looking for the next one. So with the rise of TikTok and the, the, um, the rise of, of just all these other platforms, you know, the thing now is to say that, okay, uh, Instagram is dead, but it's, it's not, you just have to know how to use the platform. Yeah. I get a question. This is going to sound like a weird question that people ask me, but they say, Hey, Gary, how come in a lot of videos, when the video starts, you're not on the screen, like you're walking in or something like that. And I say, well, you stopped and watched it, didn't you? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, there you go. I stopped you in your scroll. And I think that uh, content of any kind like that, if you can on Instagram, what it comes down to, because there is a lot of noise there at times, I think if you can just stop somebody in the scroll, so it's like, okay, here's a, here's a a selfie. Here's a, a mean quote here is a transformation photo, here is whatever. And then oh, why is that guy walking across the screen? What the hell's going on with that? So I've been just trying to figure out like, how can I stop people in the scroll? And then if yeah. I can find a way to do that, then when I actually have the message to say, and I've been dropping like some short, like maybe motivational or inspirational kind of videos, um, I'm able to get them to stop and listen to that, listen to the actual message instead of just scrolling past and not hearing uh, the value of the message. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you do have to grab their attention and uh, it's, it's something that you're always trying to study and you're always trying to figure out. Um, now we started, you know, because I wanted to get into edible adventures sure. um, because that's where you're doing a lot of stuff with YouTube. You almost directed the conversation that way a few minutes ago. And I was kind of smiling about that, but because <laughs> um, I, I, I was, I was ready to transition into it. But um, how did how did this start? You know, we we talked about, you know, you and Larry and, and doing this stuff together. Uh, I've heard you say how you guys were always kind of wanting to work on a project. How did you decide on this one? How did it come about? It was a product of the pandemic, uh, quite frankly. That is where this began. On a personal note, 
2020 nearly destroyed me uh, mentally. And it was a year that there was just a lot of self-destruction and things going on around me that was just, it was getting out of my control and I had to kind of reel it in. And Larry came back into my life. We had, we, we weren't like on bad terms or anything. We just kind of lost touch for about two years. Yeah. And he came back into my life around May and mm -hmm. we were just talking, you know, we wanted to get together and hang out. And I was just like, I had this, I had this feeling that I wanted to do something very creative. You know, I had this just kind of this creative thing, but I didn't know at the time yet what it necessarily was. I mean, I had the podcast that was going at that time and I knew that video was somewhere in there just buzzing a little bit around, but I, yeah. it wasn't so pronounced at that moment. And we were just kind of talking and we used to do bands together. We were in a couple of bands about 20 years ago. I just dated myself. Yes. <laughs> and um, so basically I was like, you know, well, what else can we do creatively? And that's when the idea of a YouTube channel came. And I, one of us had said something like, you know, should we just film ourselves like vlogging and hanging out? I'm like, well, that would be cool. But like one of us then said, like, what if we, what if we just film our uh, adventures going to eat stuff? Because that was a part of our, our hangout. We would yeah. hang out then we'd go and grab lunch or dinner, whatever time of day it was. And I'm like, people like to watch other people eat on the internet. I don't know what that is, but let's see if we can capitalize on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you start brainstorming and you start figuring out like, how can you, you know, how does this look? What, what does it look like? You know, we're, we're, are we going places? Are we bringing stuff to the house? You, you think all these things and how do we get it? You know, how, how do we get this idea to launch? And so we just spent the next uh, two or three months uh, planning and, and getting ready. We, we had probably about two or three months of filming before we actually like launched, launched in, in August the 3rd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we had some stuff in the can ready to go. We did a trailer. We spent like seven hours filming a one minute uh, sizzle reel trailer. Yeah. And uh, we were off to the races, man. That was, that's how it started. It was the pandemic. And if this pandemic never happened, I don't know that we would have gotten maybe eventually yeah. who's to say, but for, for all the people that say, God, this pandemic is just awful. There are some good things that, that came out of it. Uh, you know, at least in my situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and see, I, I feel like this gave you a chance to dive into YouTube as, as deep as you really want. And, yeah. you know, that's something because you've talked about that for a while, like you really, really wanted to do it. You would kind of get started. But again, with all the platforms and all the things you kind of got pulled away. I feel like this time when you're going after something that is a, a, a niche that's really popular and you've got somebody else that you're working with on this, then that kind of gives you a little bit of a license to dive into the, to the deep stuff and, and the nitty gritty on it. And even I, I'm glad you brought up the trailer because I wanted to talk about that because you, you did plan this out. This wasn't something that was just put together in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Um, you had the launch. Uh, if I remember correctly, cause you posted it, it was pretty much everywhere, uh, everywhere on social media. You got some good traction to the channel. Uh, and, and you, as you said, you were off to the races now in that planning period, I feel like you probably started really jumping into like the, the new, the evolving ways of setting up and promoting a YouTube channel. So what were some of the things that you, uh, have discovered first when you guys were prepping and preparing and then since August, how has YouTube changed? Because it is constantly changing. You got that right. <laughs> I think YouTube shorts is a great example of that, yeah. but I think that early on, I just thought about like, how did I, you know, I scaled an Instagram page to like over 6,000 followers. And I was like, you know, in that time, more than just a number, it was, I learned how to storytell. I learned how to yeah. share things and found different ways to uh, put things out there and, and get people to kind of see what was going on, whether it was a podcast or some other vlogs that I did. And so I took some of that knowledge with me. Now, Larry, he'll, I think he'll even tell you this. And I think you guys uh, have a podcast yeah. uh, sometime soon, but you know, he wasn't like too hip on as far as like knowing the ins and outs of, you know, promoting and the analytics. He was like, how can I show up and just, and contribute and give value or give entertainment, you know, and he's, he's really coming to his own with that. So going into it, we still didn't know a ton about YouTube from the beginning. We were just like, okay, we have a video. 
we have uh, an auto-generated thumbnail and we'll think of a title. We're going to name it whatever we want to name it and we'll throw a couple of tags on it and people will find it. Well, as you go a few months into it, you find right. out that's not quite how that works. Right. You, know, you have right. keyword searching, you have your tags, your title, your thumbnail. Like I, I had to learn all over again how to like do uh, Photoshop and, and things like that to, to like cut out the bodies and put them over top of like a, like a, a colored background that pops. Yeah. And then you got the food in there and, and try to figure out a way again, kind of like the Instagram thing to stop people in their scroll as they're looking through like, Whoa, who's yeah. that big beard to do with that sandwich sticking out of his mouth? What's that all about? Let's, let's yeah. go find out. And, you know, in the last, I would say in the last like three or four months, I've really like taken a much deeper dive into learning about the analytics, trying to find different uh, YouTube channels that are uh, known educators in this space, guys like Roberto Blake, uh, Nick Nimmin, who's kind of like your doppelganger, you guys look exactly alike. Um, and there's this other guy, Daryl Leaves, I just picked up his book, he works with Mr. Beast, he scaled about 30 channels to 1 million so yeah. whenever he goes on like a clubhouse or a, or a YouTube live, I'm on there just listening to him, just drop knowledge left and right. So then you, you learn th about things like click-through rate, like, you know, how many people saw the thumbnail as they were going and then how many people actually clicked on it. And you try to figure out how to get that click-through rate up. And mm -hmm. so, you know, before all of our thumbnails, I was just like, okay, here's a background of the restaurant. Here's our bodies cut out. We're, we're making a weird face. But then you start to look at it and you're like, well, that doesn't really stand out. Like it's, it's just not there yet. So then I was like, oh, well, what if we, what if we take the colors of whatever the brand of the restaurant, like McDonald's is red and yellow. What if we make like a bright ass red background with some yellow yeah. text and put our faces on there and, and you got a, our, the glowing around of our heads and everything, you know, and people are more likely to click on that than they are just a couple of dudes standing in front of McDonald's. So, and, and for this, because um, I, I think it, I think it surprises people how much work goes into thumbnails and how important the thumbnail actually is, but it is for what you're saying, which is people are still scrolling. Yeah. Um, and when you're talking, so we're talking tags and keywords, and just for anybody that's thinking about doing this and getting started, the keywords come as much from the uh, description as they do just the tags at the bottom, don't they? It's, it's. Yeah, Excellent. it's, it's kind of like a three-part series. So we just did a video on Del Taco in Las Vegas. So this is the funny thing. It's like we go to Las Vegas. I went to go see my father first time in, in 10 years, a big moment. Yeah. But of course, I'm like, well, how many places can we film over the course of four days? So it's like, yeah. okay, now yeah. we can make a bunch of videos. So let's just take Del Taco, for instance. So yeah. in your title, you want Del Taco in there somewhere and kind of what you're, in our case, what are you reviewing? So we had the, the steak burrito. And then in your description, like the very first thing should be right about Del Taco and the steak burrito. And then when you go down to your tags, the very first tag should be like Del Taco, steak burrito. And then like the secondary tag would be like Las Vegas Strip because Las Vegas is highly searchable when it comes to like any content. I sit on there all day at times and watch videos about room tours in las vegas because now that i've reconnected yeah. with my father i'm going to be out there a lot more often he's his yeah. health is not the greatest so I, I i've only got limited time here with him so mm -hmm. i'm going to be traveling out there point is so you add in las vegas into the tags the description and the title and so now youtube can crawl that data and put you in the right place for people that are looking for those things and you can get landed on recommended so you might be watching a big time YouTuber who's in Las Vegas, maybe not Del Taco, but Las Vegas food review. And then you see that little next button and there's our video right there. That's the goal. You want to be recommended. You want to make sure that YouTube knows exactly what your video is, what it's about and who to recommend it to. Cause it, when it comes to the algorithm, you want to really captivate people and, and get them pulled into your content. So the more searchable it is, the more YouTube will add you to recommended to where people will find you. And then you get views and stuff, which is, that's, that's the, that's the business we're in right now, trying to get more people on there and finding there it. Well, and I think it's important to go through this too, because if somebody is starting out and they're thinking, okay, 
um, I've got a story that I want to tell. And they might even say, hey, I've got some editing skills. I'm going to do vlogging. I'm going to do niche, whatever they're going to do. But what you basically described is that that's just one part of it. And that part, actually, if you can't be found, and yeah. I mean, you've probably seen a lot of YouTube channels that have, from a content standpoint, things are really good, but they're not set up to be searchable, either in the, in the title, the description, or the the keywords and tags. And like what I found fascinating. So the tag, the order you put the tags in that matters. Is that, is that correct? Cause I, I didn't know that. I thought you just had to have them in there. Yeah. So whatever your target keyword is. So in that case, Del Taco, that's the very first thing in the title. It's one of the okay. first words in the description. And then it's the very first uh, tag at the bottom. And that's what makes you searchable. And I should really clarify this as well. At the, at the whole forefront of it, Daryl, it's mm -hmm. the title and the thumbnail. You okay. can literally make like a Scorsese or a Spielberg level uh, video. Yeah. But if that title and then that thumbnail does not entice someone to click, they will never see it. They will never know you existed. They will scroll right past it. It could be a video that could literally change their life. So uh, <laughs> as, as important as the tags are and things of yeah. that nature, the title and the thumbnail are number one with okay. a bullet. Okay. Perfect. Nice transition. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you mentioned clubhouse. Yes. We've, we've talked a little bit about clubhouse. I, I still, I, it's a nice idea. I think it's good for, if you have a, a thought leader in there, that's just hanging out and talking and you can have a conversation with them. But what if, what have you seen? Cause I know you spent some time in there and you know, you mentioned learning about some YouTube stuff. What's kind of your overall thought on clubhouse right now? I think that the platform is incredible, but it you can't get to that point until you find the right rooms. Because a lot of times there are these rooms with uh, influencers. We'll use that. Uh, I'm using air quotes for people listening yeah. um, that will basically, this is, this is the clubhouses I've seen a lot where you get in there and before we can get to like the meat of the conversation, everyone has a 15 minute intro and they tell you about all the great things they've done and all the traffic they've driven to their website and how many clicks they've got on their email, uh, you know, list and all that stuff. And it's, it's a 15 minute intro and we're not even getting to the content. And so I try to hang out in the smaller rooms and just talk with YouTubers that are, you know, either small, like I am because we're at 189 subscribers, which when you think about it, put 189 people in a room, that's yeah. pretty incredible, but Absolutely. it's considered small. Right. And so you try to find people that are like, you know, smaller and you just try to get the knowledge that you can people that maybe they're up to 500 or a thousand. Okay. How did we get there? What, what kind of tips and tricks did you use? And you can network with some really good people, but you just kind of got to stay away from those, those influencer and those business strategist folks. Yeah those rooms are are no good at all for anybody yeah well and and you you kind of touched on something that i think is really important when it comes to all social media and networking there's a certain amount of leverage with your follower count and it doesn't really matter what the exact number is you can always find people that are within your range so 200 subscribers to 500 is still pretty close and yeah. and what you're talking about which is like the sphere of youtube and you have creators of, of all sizes. And I think a lot of times what, what people will do is they'll see that somebody is an influencer and has a large follower account. If I want to rant, we can talk about how people get the follower counts. Oh yeah. I did a podcast about that. Yeah. But, but the <laughs> other thing is like, you know, so that people will see that and somebody that has, you know, say a hundred subscribers will see somebody that has 50,000 and then want to talk to them. But really if you're at, the 100 subscribe letter level and you're talking to somebody that has three, five, 700 subscribers, you're going to learn a lot more from them um, because see, while they're in kind of the same space as far as the whole YouTube ecosystem as you, in actuality, you're talking to a creator that is two and a half, three times larger than you and they can t they know exactly where your hangups are and you can really build some solid relationships because what you're trying to do is you're, you're, you're trying to network and you're, everybody's trying to grow. So I think the leverage of a social media following, no matter what it is, is something that's really important when it comes to networking. And I don't think a lot of people really think about it in that way. No, I mean, the, definitely there's power in the networking. You just got to make sure you're networking with the right people. And I will say this, one of the people that surprised me, we talk about, you know, kind of going with the smaller, the smaller people, 
smaller YouTubers. I don't want to say small people. That sounds right. really bad. Um, but on the other side of the spectrum, one person that really surprised me on Clubhouse is Mr. Beast. He has like 55 million subscribers. And all this guy wants to do is go on Clubhouse and tell people for free how to make it on YouTube. And it's not just, you know, well, because he gives away millions of dollars on his channel. He's like, no, it's not even about all that. It's about how to get people's attention with the title and the thumbnails. And he's giving like actual real practical yep. advice and he will go on there. I was on there one night until like almost midnight and I jumped on there at nine o'clock and he was on there for three hours, just giving away all the secrets or, or supposed secrets. You know, he's just giving all this information away for free. I'm like, this guy could literally be doing anything. He could be in a Lamborghini driving somewhere doing whatever. And he's on a, he's on an app talking with uh, probably, I think there was like 5,000 people in that room and just, sharing knowledge and that really surprised yeah. me for sure yeah I, well and i i think when you get to this ultra level i mean there's only there's only so much notoriety there's only so much fame there's only so much money i mean you get to the point where it's like you know what i'm fortunate to be in the situation that i'm in um yeah. it's time to give back and, and the other thing and we've talked about this like just because you give the information you said you were in a room of five thousand people a lot of people were probably super hyped about that for a couple of days. And then after that, they kind of fell off. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing with, with all the information is you could give somebody the best info in the world, but if they're not doing the things and being surrounded with the right people that are, you know, also doing the things, it tends to fall by the wayside as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do want to get into podcasting because I know one that's, I mean, that's where you started with everything. I know you're yeah. doing some different things now. Um, what has first, is it still viable for people to start a podcast in 2021? Yes. Okay. Want to get that out of the way first. Um, secondly, if somebody is just doing a general podcast and that's what they want to do, they want to start a podcast and they want to grow it to have an audience. What, um, what is it that they need to do to get started? What would be number one for them? Well, I, I'm actually, this is interesting that you asked this because starting tomorrow, and I don't know when this is coming out, but starting tomorrow, I have a series. And I don't know if it's going to be five parts or 10 parts, however many parts it takes. I'm actually starting a how to start a podcast series. And yep. so um, I, and I'm taking my time with it too. Like these are actually really short episodes they are like under 10 minutes, but I think they're really packed full of knowledge. So the very, actually part one, I'll tell you exactly. This is, this is where it should all start before you even pick up a yep. phone or yep. a microphone or whatever you have to figure out what is, what is the message you're trying to convey to others? You know, like what is, what is the thing that you felt passionate to talk about? Mm -hmm. And then you have to ask yourself, are you ready to make a somewhat of a commitment? Because if you're going to get people on board, they're going to expect to see you show up to deliver said message. You know, are you a part of a community and you don't have to have, you know, 10,000 followers, 5,000, 1,000, whatever. Right. You can literally podcast to anybody, but you got to make sure in your heart that this is really what you want to do. You have to, you have to set these expectations ahead of time because most people that start a podcast don't make it past like episode five. They right. just stop. So I, I think you really got to look deep into your soul and make sure that you really want to do this first. You got to know what your message is. And then you got to make sure that you want to do it. And once you figure that out, then you start to take the next steps. It's like, okay, um, anchor is a great tool to get started. You have your phone. People say, well, I don't have all this fancy stuff. You don't need it. Pull right. out your phone, hit record, start talking. That's the best way to get going, but just make sure that you have an identified message and that you know that you have the time to do this. And then the rest, the rest just falls into place from there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that's really important is whatever your episode schedule is, you have to kind of sort of stick to it. So yes. if you're going to do a weekly podcast, it has to be a weekly podcast. If you're going to do a couple days a week, it need like if you're saying I'm going to put an episode out every Tuesday and Friday, it has to be every Tuesday and Friday. And you're right. I think most people they get started they get in their head and, and, you know, you and I talk all the time about how getting in your head still happens. It doesn't matter how much of this stuff that you've done, yeah. you know, it, it's still like, I mean, it, it, it still happens. So um, I think just the consistency of sticking to that schedule is, is another huge thing. And, and this again is something it's quality over 
it's quality over quantity, especially when you get started, because all you podcasts are so shareable, like in real life, not just social media. I've got a link. It's you see somebody at work and you're having a conversation. And you're like, you know what? I think you would really enjoy Gary's podcast. And then they text the link. I mean, this it, it's, it's so shareable. And then if somebody likes it, especially if you've continued again to keep up with your, with your schedule, then, then you have a library of episodes. So if they like episode 47, they're going to go back kind of like on, on Netflix and they're going to want to binge listen. So, I mean, I, I, I love podcasting. I think there's a lot of noise and a lot of things that people want to try besides this. And they're like, well, podcasting has been around for a while. I, I think it's fantastic. And yeah, I, I saw that about the series. So I, I definitely want to bring it up because I know that you're, you're still pretty big on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you just figure out that message and you figure out the frequency, just like you mentioned, you know, and, and it's okay to, to, you know, be late a day or two here and there, but you set that up in advance with your audience. Like you take the trailer or episode yeah. one, for instance, you say, Hey, look, this is my podcast about whatever it is. And I'm looking to update it every Wednesday uh, due to the nature of my job. You know, maybe there might be a time where I miss a day or I might miss a week, but guess what? I'll let you know on social media if that happens. Now you've right. given the listener uh, a reason to follow you on social media so they can get the updates. You know, if they're invested in the podcast, now they may want to get updates on whatever's going on. So you just let that, let them know ahead of time that, you know, there could be maybe one week that's a day later, whatever, that's fine. But yeah. don't, you know, don't start a podcast and say, I'm, I'm going to be here every Wednesday and you just drop off the face of the earth because that's what I did. And that stuff doesn't work. <laughs> well, and I, I think there's there, there's a couple things with that. I think if you um, podcasting over everything else, you really build a, a relationship with your audience because they're passively listening to you. You are literally with them throughout their day. Now, if and I do, you know, we're talking about the consistency of a schedule. I also think because I mean, things happen, like things will happen in people's lives to where they can't stick with that schedule. Or you know what you're saying, like there's times that you just step away. Now, when you come back, and you did the, the last video you did when you came back, um, I thought was very powerful. And then you saw the comments on it. I mean, people, again, you've been a, away for a while, you come back, you do this video, and you weren't, you weren't like throwing a bunch of bullshit at people. You're like, look, I've really messed up with this. And I'm sorry. And the comments that you got on that, on that post were, I mean, it, it was sincere because you were sincere. So like your audience, I, I think with podcasting, they just really take, they just, they, they really are invested. So you can come back, but you're right. You don't want to, um, you, you want to give them a heads up whenever you can. You, you want to always consider them, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think when you mentioned that example, I think it's, you know, you can, you can make missteps, you can step away you can come back. It's just, you have to put the work in to build the, the audience base back up, but you know, it can be done. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, and that it's a larger issue too, of like, you know, creator burnout, because that's ultimately in, in, in addition to the other kind of mental stuff I was dealing with, yeah. uh, creator burnout was a big, big part of that. And, you know, that was around the time where the new channel was launching Yep. And I was kind of just, I, it, it felt like for the last month or so that I was just on autopilot. I was just trying to make that next, uh, that next podcast, get it out there. And I think that enough people, like they want to start, they want to blow up, but they don't want to take into consideration what can happen when you take on too much too fast. And that's exactly what happened in, in my particular case. And we saw how that worked out and it took me, about four months to really get the train back on the tracks and start, start moving again. So I really want people that are, you know, if you're thinking about creating anything, podcast, yeah. a blog videos, it doesn't matter. You know, as creators, we want to go all in, you know, that hustle culture. We want to just grind, 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 but you have to slow down for a moment at times and take life in and see what's going on around you. Because if you don't, you're going to, hit a brick wall before you know it. Well, and, and I think talking about burnout and hustle culture, hustle porn, whatever you want to call it, it's really a good thing for us to talk about because see, we've gotten into a lot of the tactical stuff, a lot of the tech stuff with YouTube, which is what I, I, I definitely wanted to cover with you. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten into clubhouse a little bit and then, um, you know, talking about the tactic, uh, how to actually start a podcast. 
But, you know, this, this whole thing of you say, you know, because you get into this, I'm trying to build my network. I'm trying to grow. So you take on collaborations, you take on projects. And as a creator, what do you say? You, you automatically in your head, you're like, I can do that. I can do that because this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. But you very easily can overextend and it, it does catch up with you. And burnout is real. And burnout can be, maybe you drop off social media, like maybe you, instead of posting on all your channels, maybe you just kind of mail it in with a, with a, you know, real, uh, just low level post that you normally wouldn't do. Maybe you just take a complete break, but like burnout's real. And especially when you talk about the comparison trap, because you start seeing other people on YouTube, you start seeing other podcasters, those analytics and those numbers and those follower counts and those subscribers, those can all play against you. So uh, yeah, you definitely need to pace yourself because you can hustle yourself right into the ground. Yeah. I think that that's what happened uh, last year. I mean, for me personally, I can only speak to, to my own experience, but that's, I mean, that's really what happened. You, you, everything you listed there, the numbers, the comparison trap, all that yep. stuff, the, the hustle culture and all that, it all just kind of came to a head and yep just had to like stop and say, what, what is going on around me here? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And then you got to just, you got to pull it back up and, and get going again. Yeah. I, I think one of the hardest things to remember is that the whole thing with content creation is ongoing. You're there's always going to be, you always wake up tomorrow. You'll have a chance to create something new and no matter how much you do today, there's always going to be tomorrow. It's never ending. And depending on how you, you look at that, um, you can either try to manage and be ahead of that, or it will run over you. And I think the only way we learn to actually manage it better is to get run over a couple of times because you, it, I know for me, like it will, it has crept up. It, like when it happens, it happens all of a sudden, like you don't really realize that you're, you're doing this, this, and this. I listened to an old podcast I was on uh, earlier this week and I rattled off all the collaborations I was doing. And I mean, you remember this at one point I had like collaboration shows going out just about daily. And yes. you get to a point where you're just like, like you've got all these commitments. You don't want to let people down. You're trying to come up with an idea. Those ideas aren't necessarily coming. And then all of a sudden you're like looking up at the ceiling one morning and you're like, how did this happen? And then you're like, how am I going to, you know, like, how am I going to, going to do this? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's the side of content creation that we don't normally hear as much about, but you know, you, you really have to pace yourself. And I would much rather, again, somebody do, um, you know, one piece of content a day or shoot one piece of content a week and gradually build themselves up versus trying to take on everything at once. Cause I think that's what happens is we get excited and we try to take on all the things and it just doesn't work out well for sure i mean and i could give you a very specific specific example of that now real quick are we are we is this like a new podcast feed or are we talking to the main feed of your people here we are well we're talking to the main feed but when okay. we do the creator focused one this this will actually be one of the first episodes and and partly because of the discussion i knew you and i were going to have a really deep discussion on content yes. but uh, yeah this is main feed and this will be the content one as well. Very good. So I can give you a specific example and I'm glad to have this opportunity to speak to your community yeah. on the main podcast, because a very specific example of all this is we go back to January of last year and me uh, leaving the Monday morning podcast. That's yeah. one example of when you take on so much and we have been doing that for a while, but we there have. were other things going on that yeah. where I'm just, I'm, I'm stretching myself too thin here and kind of just flamed out on a lot of different things. And so, you know, I'm glad that we can speak to your folks here so I, I can formally apologize for that a year later. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like where you take on so many things, Daryl, you just, you have yeah. so many things and you just, you feel like you have to just get out. You have to just find the quickest exit and run for it as fast as you yeah. can. And that was kind of the start of, of things last year for me. So I, I just wanted to share that specific example of the burnout so people can understand and kind of get a little bit of context when we're talking about. Well, this. and 
And another thing, because you're right, we had been doing that podcast for, I want to say, probably seven, nine months at that point. Yes. And you and I had gotten into so many other projects. At that point, that was the only time you and I would really speak. Now, before that, we were talking all the time. We kind of knew what everybody, what each of us were doing. But I, I think... I think we both probably had gotten to a point where, okay, we might scroll the person's Instagram five minutes before we hop on the line just to see what they're up to. But like, yeah, you and I were not at that point. And that was a breakdown in communication that should have never happened, but it happened because we both got super busy. And then, yeah. And and that's when stuff really kind of started to, to go. So. Yeah. yeah. So for, I mean, for the people that listened to that and really enjoyed it, I mean, I'm sorry it went down the way it did. Um, but it's just, it's that thing of the burnout where you got so many things going on. And then mentally the, uh, when you, when you add all these things together, it's like a cocktail for disaster. And it was just one thing after the other, then the pandemic came hours got cut at work. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It was, it was just like this whole downward spiral that I could not get control over. And so, especially as being a creative, like you're just trying to figure out how can I just get this next podcast out? And it's just, it, it becomes a whole mess. Yeah. But I, I think, I think the lesson in all that is you were able to figure some things out. You've transitioned kind of the messages that you're putting out yes. and you're now finally doing some of the projects that you said two and three years ago that you really wanted to do, yes. but you didn't really have the time or you hadn't really jumped in to, to study them. Now you're doing the stuff that you want to do. So, I mean, that's it it all has, it all has played out well. And, and, you know, you're, you're doing your thing now, man, which is, which is awesome. I'm rebuilding back from zero, essentially, as far as creativity is concerned. I mean, I, you know, for the longest time I was, I, I had my mind focused in one thing and that was like the health and fitness space. And because a lot of the times too, like towards the end there, I was like, well, of course I'm in the space. Cause I know I can get the most clicks if I'm participating yeah. in this. Nobody gives a shit what camera I bought or how I'm using it. But uh, when you put that into perspective, like, you know, now you're putting out stuff that doesn't speak true to like kind of like where you're at or what you're doing. And then you feel like a fraud. You feel like you're failing not only the people that are taking the time to look at what you're putting out, but then you're also failing yourself. And when you're failing yourself, you're really in trouble. And I mean, for people that may not notice, and I did a whole podcast explaining this in detail but I like wiped my entire feed like clean. I was like, I want people to come on here and see a true representation of who I am and where I'm at right now. And, you know, I think that that was the best course of action because I didn't want people to come for, you know, because all the old posts were so optimized for search and and hashtags. I want somebody to see, okay, well, here's this picture from uh, eight, nine months ago where he's working out on this treadmill and, look at this gigantic sub sandwich he's consuming now what's happening here i don't want to confuse the marketplace daryl gotcha. so gotcha. you know you, you, I, I had to wipe it clean and, and essentially start over really that, yeah. that's really what i call it is kind of starting over with that stuff as far as uh, content creation yeah yeah but you know i i think as this stuff evolved and as you evolve i mean you're you're on top of the stuff that's that's trending now um but more importantly it fits into where you are right now and yes with you doing the kind of content that you're wanting to do so um because if you get if you go too much into one direction for too long for me i'm afraid i'll become a mouthpiece and that's why personally like I'm trying to branch out away from health and fitness. I will always do coaching. This is always like, this is something I'm always interested in doing, but you know, I, I have other interests too. I mean, and this goes back to when you and I had our first conversation, we didn't talk about health and fitness for like weeks. We were talking about like Nintendo and wrestling. So like, yeah. So, I mean, like it, it's, it, it, it is a, you, you have to know yourself. You have to know where you are at that particular moment in your head. And what you said is true. Like when you start feeling like a fraud with the message you're putting out, that's going to amplify the pressure so much. And then you can't be creative. And then you feel like everything's coming in on top of you. And when that happens, you just have to be able to take a step back and, and reset. So that's what you're doing. And I appreciate you saying that it took about four months to build. Was it the, the podcast you had to build that back up over four months or was it like everything? I think it was kind of everything, but the podcast specifically, like I, I knew like it was kind of just coming to a head in my mind. I'm like, 
I need to, I need to explain this. I need to tell people where I'm coming from and why this thing suddenly just vanished off that you, you could never hear enough about that. I was always talking about now, why did it go away? And why did, why did all these uh, workout photos disappear and all that stuff? And this is also another reason too, why I try to tell people it's like, I get it. You know, when it comes to like Instagram pages, you want to niche down and all that stuff. But I always really encourage people to post whatever you want to post, because if you're like me and you're in a season of your life where maybe health and fitness is not at the forefront of the priority, um, you know, you're going to, number one, you're going to want to just disappear off the app to begin with, because you're going to see all these other people and maybe they're doing amazing things and you're going to feel that pressure. Like you need to post something. And then like we used to talk about where, well, now I got to post the eight paragraphs of why I I gained a pound and a half or whatever, and all All these things. And so I always encourage people to just post what you want. If, if it's a health and fit fitness page, great, share that stuff, but also share the other stuff too. Even if it doesn't get as many likes, because if there's one thing I can't stand, it's people that are, you know, just hungry only for likes and comments, that validation from the engagement that they're getting post the stuff that is true to you. When, when I was kind of in that transitional period and I would post, you know, you'd see a workout photo and then I'd post a picture of a camera or whatever. And that camera would get significantly less engagement that for a while hurt. And I'm just like, why does, why is that hurting me? Why, you know, this is something I'm into and I should feel like I, I can post these things and not have to worry about how many likes and comments. And I think so many people get wrapped up into that. There is a podcast. I I don't mean to be a plug machine, but there's a podcast I did about a documentary called fake famous it's on hbo max and seeing what these people went through and the mental struggles that they dealt through with on their own as they were trying to blow up and they were buying fake followers and buying fake engagement and all this stuff because they were trying to uh level themselves up next to other people who are probably also posting highlight reels and things of that nature And there's just this constant want and this constant need for the validation from the engagement. And it gets people in the wrong area of thinking and and gets them posting for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there is, there is so much noise about this and so much because you will see the people that have a million followers, 10 million followers, 10 million subscribers. And by the numbers, there's a lot of them, but there's a lot of content creators. By the percentages, they're very, very low. Like 99.7% of content creators are, this is not an actual stat, but most people are never going to make a living off of this stuff. But because you see the the, the hundreds of thousands or that do, you're not seeing the 10 to 20 million that don't. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is, um, it, it all starts with how you view yourself and how you, you, you what you're trying to do and, and you should absolutely post the stuff that is a part of you regardless of how many likes or comments it gets yeah i mean i've said this before and i'll say it again if i was in this for the the money i would have been out of this a long time ago because 14 years later and i've made a little bit but i've not certainly made anywhere near enough to support me or my family so the money is not a part of it at the end of the day so many people they want numbers i want impact daryl i want yep. somebody one person to come across a podcast and say, Hey, I heard this, whether it be how to start a podcast or something about social media or something from an old podcast or sharing health or whatever, doesn't matter. If, if one person came across it and they listened to something that I put out or so one person comes across a podcast that you put out and that could literally change their life. I will take that every single day over making tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. I will take that over that any day of the week. So I think, and this is actually the greatest thing for us to wrap up on because we've talked about the tactical stuff. We've talked on multiple platforms. We've talked about how real burnout is. And now we're going to tell you what you really need to focus on because you see, you and I both have had this experience where you'll put a piece of content out. You then get the message. You may get the message that day or the ones that blow me, blow my mind are the ones that are like, they've been, they've been, they, they saw something that you put out weeks ago and they've been following you they've been following you pretty much with all the stuff that you do they went from social media to your podcast to you know wherever else and they tell you what your message has done for them and when you get that kind of engagement you that that's better than hitting any algorithm because the thing when you hit the algorithm is you then start getting people 
seeing your message that aren't invested in it. That's when you start getting a bunch of like that. That's when the trolls come out. I found that when you're posting with and mostly just your audience sees it, you're not going to really deal with trolls because these people are there for you. Um, it's when you hit the algorithm, which is that's the jackpot everybody wants because they want the numbers. That's when you start having the problems, but that's not where it's at. Where it's at is when you impact one person and really change their life. And you can do that. So anybody that's thinking of being a content creator, that is what you should focus on. If you focus on impacting one person, you're probably going to impact a lot more. Absolutely. That is the key from day one from this, whether it's an entertainment podcast where I'm just hoping maybe I took you away from whatever stuff you were going through that day, or if it was actually something where I was uh, sharing a story and that had an impact on you, or I was doing a podcast tutorial and that helped somebody like it doesn't matter the impact. That's what I'm after. It's not the numbers. Yes, more numbers could equal more people coming in and being impacted. Of course, that's the obvious response to that. But uh, it's not about the numbers first for me. It's always been about one person, two people that come in, they get an impact. That's what I'm really here for. So impact overreach. Yep. Right. There 100%. We, go. we got a title of a podcast now. Um, <laughs> but no, man, this, this has been great. Uh, as I told you guys in the intro, I've got Gary's website and his Instagram linked up in the show notes. Make sure that you, you check him out. Um, this was good, man. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to do the content podcast that we yes. talked about doing for like years. So this was solid, but yes, uh, this, is, this, any, is, this is a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to tell the folks as we wrap up here before we head off? Uh, I would just say, uh, check out the, the, the podcast. It's linked right on my Instagram, GaryCantrell.com. Uh, Gary Lair's edible adventures. That's uh, youtube.com slash the edible adventures. And the DMS are, are wide open. I do see people that, you know, they'll come in. Maybe I, I don't hear from people. If you want to talk to me, I'm an open door. Come yeah. on in, say something. I don't usually uh, hit up first. Cause I'm just, I'm very shy and nervous like that. But if you want to yep. have a conversation, the DM is wide open. Just say hello. All it takes is a simple hello. And uh, you get a relationship like Daryl and I could have it. Yeah. What are we on three years now since we've known each other? Yeah, man, it's been, been, well, it, from whenever you, yeah. Whenever you interviewed Nikki, that's where all this started. It's her fault. <laughs> yes. So she yeah, was, would... uh, she was having some five guys maybe. And then, yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I'm going to keep it clean this time, but yes, yeah. we'll, we'll you know keep it I mean clean and, and we'll just Nikki, when I let her know that you, that she came up on the podcast, but you've got to listen, she'll have to listen to the entire episode. Oh, so no, uh, this is right at the end. Oh my God. I know, man. Like, right, right right there. There. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. We will go ahead and wrap up here, guys. Uh, Gary, always, man. Like it's like, we can just jump on and do these whenever. So, of course, man. Uh, thank but, you. Uh, but thank you for hopping on. And uh, this was good. This was fun, man. I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, man. See you.